Welcome to the Addison Reads audio blog. If you crave to raise children that love to read, to build a library of resources in your home to help you take purposeful action as a parent, and to connect with your children unlike ever before, welcome home. You have the power to be a purposeful parent. You just have to look to your bookshelf. My name is Sam, and I am your intentional kid-lit tour guide. Hey there, guys. I have tried to record this podcast episode like three times now, but there have been airplanes passing over and people mowing their lawns, and so hopefully there's nothing going on in the background in this recording. I'm Sam. Welcome. If you are brand new here, I hope to fill your heart and your mind with ways to be an intentional, purposeful parent and to parent with literature. And if you are a veteran, welcome back. We are talking about something super practical today um, because it just kind of makes a lot of sense in this economic age, right? So without further ado, um, does anybody here, you know, raise your hand if you're in your car or do whatever if you don't want to look like a weirdo? Um, anyone else agree that being a parent is kind of expensive? Yeah, I'm definitely raising my hand there. I only have one kid and holy guacamole, it is expensive to be a parent. And books, especially children's books, are no exception, guys. I cannot believe how much it costs to fill an intentional bookshelf. So I wanted to give you guys some practical tips six ways to save money on books and i want you to put them into action and grow your intentional bookshelf without breaking the bank now the truth is you might already be doing some of this currently which is great Um, but even if you're not you can go out and you can start doing them they're not hard they don't require a lot of work on your part and you can absolutely start making this happen and grow your intentional bookshelf without uh, spending every last penny so let's just jump right in So way number one to save money on books is to buy them on sale. Now that seems pretty obvious, right? (laughs) I mean, like how else do you save money on anything? You buy it on sale. But the clearance racks in these different stores, so like Barnes & Noble or Target or wherever you're looking for books, you know, the the idea of going finding books on clearance is like really great and sounds awesome. Um, You know, you're like, oh, $5 for this book. That's amazing. But I want to encourage you not to worry so much about the price and really, really consider the like content of the book, right? So that's pretty much goes with anything that you add to your intentional bookshelf. You need to make sure that the content of the book is actually meaningful and purposeful and has a place on your bookshelf. So what's the point if you spend $3 on a book, but you either never read it or it contradicts your values or whatever. So be mindful of that. Definitely be on the hunt because man, I have scored some seriously good deals at like Barnes and Noble. They'll have like the two for three. No, no, sorry. (laughs) You buy two books and then you get an extra one for free. Um, They have that sale like all the time and those books are pretty solid, but I always sift through them because I want to make sure that we're not just buying books because it's cheap and you know, that kind of goes for anything in your house. If you're being intentional about the way you're spending your money and adding things into your home, you can't just buy anything just because it's on sale. Um, I feel like there's that that weird feeling we get where it's like, if I don't buy this, I'm somehow losing money. And that's just not true, guys. Like that mentality, we need to break that. The same goes for books. Don't just buy it because it's on clearance. Have a plan in mind and know what you want or what you're looking for before you go. So some practical ways you can do that is know the titles that you're looking for specifically. Know the authors that you like or your family likes. Um, or know the themes or the values that you are trying to fill your bookshelf with right now. So if you're looking for books about courage, make sure when you go to the bookstore and you go to that clearance section, you're 
kind of um, filtering out those choices by that theme just to kind of help you break through the, the noise and the clutter. It's not to say that books that are on clearance are there for a reason, like that they're terrible books, because that's just not true. Like I found plenty of books that were cheaper and on clearance, they just, um, you know, they're older or whatever, but definitely, you know, keep it, keep that in mind. Don't waste money by just buying things that you don't need or want or really have a place on your bookshelf. So definitely search those clearance bins and those clearance aisles, but just do so with a filter. Okay, way number two to save money on books. Use thrift stores and used bookstores, and like this applies to online as well. There's a couple different um, things that you can you can look at online for this. Um, but just be willing to hunt around. So it's the same thing that goes with the clearance section. You're not gonna find, you know, every book in a used bookstore or thrift store is not gonna be a knockout. It's not gonna be perfect for your intentional bookshelf. So you have to kind of go into those places knowing that and being willing to put in a little bit of effort to search for good books. Um, and then also something that I love about these, uh, especially the used bookstores, because their focus is on books, um, they typically, I won't, okay, I won't say typically, but a lot of them have exchange programs where you take in your old books and you return them to them and then they give you credit for new books. Um, my husband and I used to do that all the time when we were living in Pensacola, Florida. There was this awesome bookstore, which by the way, if you live there, I don't know if you do, maybe you do it. Hopefully I have a lot of military spouses listening. Go to the used bookstore on Navy Boulevard because that place is awesome and they'll give you... Um, you know, you turn in like five books and then you get a credit for a free book or whatever it is. And it's nice because then you're kind of recycling through your books. And as your kids outgrow them, like if you have books about potty training, I always use this example because it, because it's so temporal and it's so, you know, you're, it's a season, it's going to pass eventually. So if you don't plan on having more children and you have a bunch of potty training books that you don't need, consider taking them to a used bookstore to swap them out for new books that do fit your current life situation. And that's just an easy, simple way to save money on those books. But frankly, used bookstores are an excellent place to find seriously good quality books that, you know, maybe they have like a little, I don't know, the kid took a crayon to one of the pages or there's a page that has like a slight rip in it. Um, it, Those things can be repaired and it's not really that big of a deal, honestly. We got, we went to... um, gosh, where was it? It was Julian in San Diego or near San Diego, California, and they have a used bookstore there. And I found, I scored a bunch of really good books. A lot of them were really, really old, which I thought was cool because they still aligned with our values, but they have that kind of vintage feel to them. So we got this big dictionary. No, no, it's, yeah, it's a dictionary, but it's got, um, you know, like three or four words for each letter and it's awesome. It had a couple issues with it, you know, like stains or whatever, but I was like, we can work through this because I got this book that was probably like $20 before for $2.99. I think we can make, you know, we can manage, but of course, related to the clearance stuff, like it's always helpful to go through the books and make sure that they align with your values before buying them. There's no point in buying something just because it's cheap. So this also goes with this same um, idea with thrift stores and used bookstores is to find um, book outlets. So there are places literally called book outlets and they just have books that are either, you know, they're overstocked or whatever at the bookstores or they are um, older books but still relevant and valuable. We went to a book outlet over here in South Carolina and we got, I think we got six books for like $26. I'll make sure to put a picture of it in the, the 
blog post for this episode. It was crazy, and they were like Mo Willems books, and there's this new style of books that are called like pop, pop pop-up books, or pop, um, I forget what they're called, but they, uh, they basically have these little like pop, pop plastic things that you like push down and then you push it down on the other side and they make this like bubbly kind of popping noise and it's fun because they have to do with like counting or you know just getting your kids um, interacting with the books and it's nice because it's really easy to get them engaged in reading and those books are so expensive seriously ridiculously expensive and we got it for like three dollars so you just have to be um, in all of these places you just have to have your filter on know what you're looking for and don't be afraid to go into those cheaper areas or to find those used books as long as you're willing to do just a little bit of work to make sure that those books really align. And I mean, you have to do that work anyway when you go buy new books at the bookstore in the regular non-clearance section anyhow. So it is helpful to know what you're looking for in terms of themes and also authors or illustrators or you know a series of books you like. So that's helpful. Okay. Way number three to save money on books is to do a book swap with your friends. So this is kind of the same concept as the used bookstore where you, you know, you've you've outgrown the books or your family no longer likes them for whatever reason, but they're still good quality. Um, this is such a good way to host a book swap with your friends. So everybody brings, you know, five or ten books that they are no longer in love with, are no longer relevant to their family, they've outgrown them, and everybody kind of swaps them around. So it's, it works really well if you have friends that have kids that are different ages, because using that whole like potty book example again, let's say I have, you know, my daughter right now is potty training, but in a couple years she'll be done with that hopefully, and I'll be able to pass that off to a friend that I have that has a newborn or, you know, has, has a one-year-old and is getting ready to gear up to potty train. They'll be able to like pad their bookshelf with those books and they won't have to buy them. So it'll be nice because then everybody can kind of mix them around. Um, and it's just, it's a really fun way to get together with your friends anyway. And what's nice is that you can take the recommendations from your friends, um, who you trust, who you ideally, you know, you have similar values or you, you know, respect their opinions. This is just an easy way to say that book is good or that book is not good without having to read the whole darn thing, which is great for like a chapter book or a middle grade book, depending on how old your kids are. So do a book swap with your friends, an easy way to save money on books. Okay, way number four is get older books in a series instead of the newest ones. So this applies to, it it applies to series, but also to authors in general. Their newer books are going to be more expensive. And so if you, if you like an author, like let's say you go to the library and you check out one of their books and it's a new book and you really like it, but you can't really afford that book right now, go check out some of their other older books um, and and see if you like those as well, if they match your intentional bookshelf and, and invest in those first because they're going to be a lot cheaper. And sometimes it's like significant, you know, like a five or ten dollar difference. And that means that sometimes you can get a couple older books in a series versus just one that still align with your bookshelf. So of course, I'm going to like repeat that a million times over. It has to align with the purpose and message of your intentional bookshelf, but you can still save money on these things. So get older books in a series instead of the newest ones always. Um, At least check them out. Okay, way number five to save money on books is to utilize the book fair at school with your school-aged kids. So this is actually not a tip that I came up with. This was contributed by Heather Ferris of The Balanced Mamas because she has a school-aged daughter. And um, so I don't have any school-aged kids, but I was chatting with her and she said that she always has a plan before the book fair list comes out. And they have like a list of books, you know, like the Scholastic Book Fair. 
and um, it comes in the little pamphlet or whatever, and she will have a list ahead of time of book titles that they're looking for, and then they'll open up the, the um, pamphlet and they'll look through it and see if there are any books that are on their list because that is the time to buy them because they're cheaper, right? So super smart idea and I like that she comes prepared because that limits her options she's applying that filter that I keep mentioning and she's making it easier for her to say no to potential choices that might not align with her bookshelf because the thing about buying something through like the catalog is you don't get the opportunity to read through it and if I've said one thing over and over here on the blog and on the podcast it's that you have to read through books you cannot just take them for face value by the title or even by the description because you might end up reading through it and finding that it contradicts your family values and that's going to be a huge problem Um, and then later on it's you know you're going to get rid of it anyway and it's going to be losing you money which is a total bummer so you know you can't just take things at face value so I like the idea of having a list and coming prepared to um, having that catalog for the book fair so that you know what you're looking for ahead of time Okay, and then the last way to save money on books is to use the library as your ultimate test driving resource. So this ultimately goes back to pretty much everything else I was saying in this blog post and um, audio blog. Uh, basically you have to know what you're looking for, right? So using the library to test out books before you buy them will eventually save you money in the long run because you won't end up buying books that are a bad fit for your family or ones that your kids don't like and that you're going to get rid of anyway. So let's say you spend $10 on a book and you know you got it on clearance but you don't actually like it. Um, you know, it, it contradicts your values or your kids are just plain not interested in it and you eventually sell it or you get rid of it or you throw it away or whatever you do with it you just lost money kind of you know like that ten dollars was basically wasted when in reality you could have gone to the library ahead of time got that book checked it out for free and realized it wasn't a good fit for your library and your home library and so honestly that's like the easiest way to save money on books is to just read it ahead of time you know the thing about the library that i like is that you get the opportunity to spend a lot of time with the book um there have been times where i've gone to a bookstore and i'm trying to read through the books before i buy them because i always do that i always read through books before i get them and um you know i thought it was a great book and i buy it and then i come home and i realize gosh i I sped through that so much that this book is just kind of pointless like it doesn't have any real value there's nothing terribly wrong with it but it just doesn't really light us up it's okay and i could have really figured that out if i got it from the library in the first place so that's why i suggest the library all the time because i think that it gives you the opportunity to spend a lot of time with it, to read it 10, 10, 20 times with your kids if it's a short book, and then really decide, is this worth the investment long-term for our intentional bookshelf, or is this kind of one that we can read and, and give back? And that's okay, like it still served its purpose, it still had value, but it doesn't need to be like one of those timeless books that we have on our bookshelf forever. So that's gonna save you tons of money in the long run. Okay guys, Those were my practical tips for saving money on books, and I hope that it helps you. Make sure that you tell me if you have any other ways to save money on books. I would love to hear them, and I would love to apply them in our own lives. Thank you so much for joining us, and make sure if you're not a part of the Parenting with Literature community, go join it. That's where we talk all the tips about parenting with books, and we talk a lot about the struggles and the successes of being parents and intentional families, and you can find that at addisonreads.com forward slash group. This has been an episode from the Addison Reads audio blog. 
be sure to head over to our website, addisonreads.com, to read the blog posts in full, download free resources, and join the Intentional Book Club. As always, happy reading.